Hello and welcome to another episode of The Wannabe Entrepreneur, the podcast about what's really like to bootstrap a company. Today it's me again, Louise and Wolfie kind of gave the podcast back to me and uh, now you have to hear my voice, my lovely, beautiful voice. <laughs> First of all, can you guess what I have here to drink? Yes, I have coffee, so cheers. <sighs> really good. And in today's episode, I have a lot to talk about. So how the process of uh, actually thinking about these freestyle episodes go is that along the week, I have like a notes app that where I write everything that I think about or what happened, what I want to talk. And I'm just checking out my notes now and I have so much stuff to talk about. We are going to speak about the 200th episode and the surprise that uh, Luisa and Wolfi did. We are going to speak about how to keep the family vibe in the WB space, which is something that people are asking me constantly and I'm getting a little bit worried about that. And uh, we are going to speak about the Collab Club. I haven't talked about the, the WB Lab project for a while. I wanted to give you an update on that. And we also have NFTs topic because i have a friend now here staying abby i also interviewed him here and he's, he's like just speaking about nfts left and right he doesn't shut up about it and uh, so yeah these are kind of the topics and yes i i guess in the in the last uh, topic so the tips and tricks i had a very interesting discussion with peter levels and arvid on twitter and i want to speak a little bit about this uh, this discussion and what i've learned about it it's going to be a packed episode, so buckle up and let's get started with another wannabe entrepreneur. Tell me the first thing you do in the morning and I will tell you who you are. <laughs> no, I, I'm not able to do that. But uh, I don't know, for me at least, the first things I do in the morning when I wake up is opening my cell phone and checking the Twitter notifications. Just by saying this, I realized that uh, it doesn't sound very healthy, but somehow it helps me to wake up better. I don't know, it gives me some motivation to start the day. I see that there are some people caring about my product and I, I can do something about it. So let's go, let's wake up. So it's already noon anyways. <laughs> but, so, sorry. Um, anyways, another thing that kind of entered in my routine recently was the YouTube shorts. So before I would also like open YouTube, after checking Twitter, I would like open YouTube, see some nice video. But now they introduced it, I guess it's not super recent, or is it? Maybe it's recent because I'm only using it now. But I have this uh, YouTube shorts, which are basically the same as TikTok. And uh, a lot of content creators just copy whatever they are showing on TikTok to YouTube. And I get super, super distracted with that you know i i've watched my partner also doing that she starts on tiktok and after half an hour she's still there just scrolling through videos and i thought okay that's not me but it's me as well i'm i'm just lost in that and i watch another one and another one and another one it really feels like an addiction it's really hard for me to stop and uh, that's what i was talking about with a with a couple of friends a few days ago is, should this be illegal, TikToks? Because it really damages 
your in attention spam. I don't know if you noticed that, but it's really hard for me also to focus in something for a long time. And I think this is a curse of today's generation. It's really hard to watch a long movie or to even watch a Netflix series without skipping ahead. I, I, I do that a lot. And uh, I think that also affects entrepreneurs a lot because we expect to have immediate results, right? We want to release a podcast and immediately have thousands and thousands of followers and make tons of money. But unfortunately, it doesn't work like that. It takes a long time. And I can give you a couple of examples. We change it, right? So if you are an old listener, you might know this was my first project, the Climate Change app, that I'm still very passionate about. But unfortunately, it didn't work as I expected. I got a few users and uh, I think it was really solving a problem, which is nice. But it was just not making money. I guess it might be also a bit connected with my business model. And I, I'm almost sure that I'll go back to change it soon once I have my finances figured out. But uh, yeah, I had to stop it and, and follow the, the community because I thought it had a better or bigger short-term potential. But now, when I check the blog of Change It, and I've told you this before, it's booming because of SEO. SEO finally picked up one of our posts and now we are having 100 people every day coming and reading our blog post about lithium batteries for electric cars. Amazing, right? It's, it's really 100 people per day. It's more than what I'm having in the community, for instance. But it took some time. And the same with this podcast. When I started the podcast, I released the first episode and I got 30, 40 people coming. And I was very excited because 40 people, I was doing daily episodes, do not forget. So 30, 40 people for every daily episode was really interesting. After a while, it kind of stagnated and then reduced a little bit. And uh, I, I didn't have the same motivation to release every day. I didn't have content to do so. So I decided to move to this new format where I release twice a week. And since then, I was able to land some nice interviews like Peter Levels, Arvid Call, people with, with a lot or a big audience, and that really helped growing. So as I talked with you, there's the viral growth and the steady growth. And I, I've seen my audience growing, and now I have uh, passed the 100 listeners. So now I have every episode about 100, 150 listeners, depending if it's also the interviews. The interviews tend to have more people. So it took some time and I reached this. It's still not a crazy amount, right? But it's already good. I mean, you are listening to this. You like to listen to, to this every week, hopefully. And it, it took me nine months or even more to reach this point. It takes time. It's not easy. And uh, you need to be consistent. You need to monitor, to try new things and uh, to basically make sure that you're still growing, but it takes a really, really long time. So in the 200th episode that I released last week, I was so happy when Luisa and Wolfi made this little surprise where they basically recorded a version, an adapted version of the wannabe entrepreneur. Because, I don't know, I felt that I accomplished something, that uh, I have actually dedicated listeners that listen to me every week and they already know my quirks and how 
the habits around my podcast. I love that they started the episode with, hello, this is the wannabe entrepreneur, the podcast about what I really like to bootstrap. Like basically the way I always start my episodes. So that that felt really nice. I, I love to share that on uh, on the podcast. And actually that episode got the same reach as the normal episodes. So really, really nice. I can really see that people are also excited about the journey. And then you are also part of the wannabe entrepreneur journey, right? So you get to shape it as well. When you send me DMs, when you support me, you are also happy. And I'm always looking for your opinion. So make sure also to send me DMs on Twitter because I always try to answer everyone. That's uh, a little bit connected with the lifestyle of the entrepreneur. I wanted to tell you that uh, it takes time. It takes really long time. I do not believe that you should just keep on doing the same thing and one day it will just work. I think that you need to observe a certain growth and if something is not working, you have to do something different. And um, I, I've, I don't know if you watched this movie, Sully, the, um, the pilot, it's based in a true story, the pilot that was able to land an airplane in the Hudson River in New York. And it's super, super cool. And I, I used to be, I think I told you this before, I used to be completely afraid of flying. I was really, really panicking every time, even like weeks before the flight, I was panicking. And uh, I was able to overcome that by basically flying a lot. And watching these kind of videos or movies really helped because I could see how capable the pilots were. And uh, one thing that I've learned from uh, the pilots and uh, flying a plane is that you never quit. You are always trying to do different things, always trying to solve the situation and to increase your chances of survival. That's the exact same thing for entrepreneur, I think. You always need to keep on tweaking things, monitoring. You should never quit because you will eventually get there, but you should also not stagnate. Keep on changing, tweaking, seeing what works, what doesn't work. If it doesn't work, drop it. If it works, keep on doing it. And, uh, you know, until you crash, you still have possibilities. So never, never quit. And I, th I think that really helped me because if you remember in the beginning of this journey, I had a lot of low moments. I was always complaining about it. And now, I don't know, I'm kind of numb about that. I, I feel better. I feel that... Uh, I don't know. I'm more energized. I, I think I finally accepted that this is my path. I am an entrepreneur. I have a business. And even though it's still not making the money I wanted, I just keep on fighting. And if I have to find a job, I will. That's okay. But I'm still and I am already feeling like an entrepreneur. So that's really, really nice. So that's what I wanted to talk about in the section of the lifestyle of an entrepreneur. And now let's go to the project updates. And let's get started with Collab Club or the WB Labs for the ones that don't know what this is. This is a project or an activity rather that we do in the WB space. And the idea is to basically build a product together. So Max, Maxwell had the idea of the Collab Club. He pitched it to me, he pitched it to all the members of the WB space and some of them said, okay, let's do it. It's a great opportunity also to learn, to learn how to build a product, uh, depending what you want to learn, you can learn marketing, you can learn coding and we learn it together. And the idea is and uh, was to build a product from ideation to launch and uh, we would give this project 
as done, as finished, once we released it on Product Hunt. And I want to give you some updates because I've been a bit silent about it in the past episodes. So last time we talked about, I had a chat with Maxwell. We were having the first uh, meetings where we're kind of designing. Max did a great job on, uh, Max and, and Luisa actually made a great job on organizing a workshop, a design thinking workshop, where uh, all the members of this collab club came together and decided which features and how to basically design the product. And it, it went well. I, I have to say that our idea initially was to do this in the month of February. So we wanted to do in one month, but clearly it didn't work. And I want to tell you why it didn't work. I think it's it's also good for everyone to learn. We are always learning. We're always experimenting. And it's, it's normal that things don't work at first. So everyone is doing this as a sidekick, even myself, right? So I have my, the WB space, I have this podcast. Those are my main jobs, quote unquote. And, uh, this, the collab club is kind of a side job for, for everyone. And of course that there's people that are more motivated, more into it, right? I think Max being the, the person that is driving the project is the one that is really putting a lot of effort in this, which we all really appreciate. And uh, for others, it's it's just a sidekick. It, it might take some time. We cannot put all the time and motivation and focus on the collab club. So that definitely affected a bit our speed. There were a couple of tasks that uh, masked, uh, that masked, that Max asked. So masked, okay. That uh, Max asked us to do, and uh, it definitely took us more time. And sometimes it could be a little bit frustrating for him. I would say. Because, yeah, it, it would be days without having, or even weeks, without having any answer. Now we are back in track. Today we are actually having our final meeting or our final design meeting. Today we are coming up with the features that are required for the MVP. And uh, the then we are going to split the, the group in two kind of teams, the marketing team and the tech team. And I'll be part of the tech team and we'll be deciding how we are actually going to build this product. So I'm super excited about that because I don't know if we're going to use no code, if we're going to use which technology we're going to use. For myself, I would like to use a technology that uh, I haven't used before, or I'm just excited to work with other developers because I haven't, uh, I've been working by myself for some time now. And I have to say that my code quality is really, really deteriorating. And I, I just want to work with other developers that uh, I can learn with. So that's the status with Collab Club. Definitely it didn't work in only one month, but the goal is still to finish it and launch it on Product Hunt. And that will be when the first WB lab will finish. And then we'll see, we'll see what worked, what didn't work, and uh, we'll improve for the next lab. So that's the status of the Collab Club. Now I wanna start speaking about the WB space. And for the more distracted users, the WB space is my main product at the moment is the community, a uh, virtual co-working space, an accelerator for bootstrappers. To be honest, I don't know what to call it because it kind of fits in a lot of categories. But uh, let's just call it 
space, <laughs> WB space. And it's been growing, and it seems that the growth rate is increasing, which is really nice. And uh, lately I've been getting the same question from multiple people around me, both in the community and outside of the community. And I guess it's something that I haven't worried too much, because uh, I don't think we are there yet, but maybe it's time to start thinking about it. And the question is, how can we scale a community? How can we keep the nice family vibe while the community grows to, let's say, 1,000 members or 2,000 members? And uh, recently, in a podcast called Startup to Something, which is hosted by Mark, aka the Judo Hacker, I also interviewed him here in the podcast, and Matt, which is also an entrepreneur. And it's a super nice podcast is very similar somehow with a similar vibe to what I'm doing here. They basically describe their projects, their bootstrap projects, and uh, how it's going. And they spoke about this problem, how to scale a community. And since Mark is a member of the WB space, he mentioned us in the episode. So let's listen to a clip of their episode. Like I, you know, I was a guest on a, the Want to Be Entrepreneur podcast yep. a few weeks ago. And Tiago, the the host, like he also runs this this community, this Slack community, mm -hmm. like calls it a, a co working space. So there's like there's a channel where you can actually log in to uh, to like a video chat and just work, right? Like a, a Pomodoro with other people. And mm -hmm. uh, so he, he asked me, oh, you should you should join it. So I, I you know I joined it just to check it out, and because it's so small, like it feels very friendly. Oh. Like it's it's great. Like like it, you get, yeah, like everyone's helping each other and it feels really great. That's awesome. But I know that <laughs> the second it grows, right? Mm -hmm. Like the second it 10Xs, it's not going to feel like that. Yeah. But if he wants to run this as a business, like it has to 10X or 100X. Yeah. yeah, he is. I mean, I'm sure he wants to maintain the experience, but he is actively trying to degrade the experience by bringing yeah. more people in. Exactly. I mean, it's just, I, I just think it doesn't, it doesn't work. The The only way it could work is if you charge, you know, like a thousand dollars a year to be a member. And then you could be, you'd be fine with 50 or a hundred members. It's like, yeah, that's fine. I have to say that I was sweating through this episode. They continue to speak about uh, the problem of scaling community. They mention Indie Worldwide, for instance, and other examples of communities. And they even said that uh, they wouldn't do such a project. It, it wouldn't be a, a product that they would like to develop just because of this. And I don't know, I was listening to that and I felt like a fly on a wall, like I was spying some private conversation and they were just speaking about the community and saying, okay, this is a huge mistake because, uh, yeah, it's impossible to scale it and to keep it cozy and nice. I don't know. I, I started to feel nervous because, again, I've never thought about it. I mean, I knew it was a problem, but I never thought it would be or it could be such a big problem. But in fact, it is. It's something that I have to start thinking from ground zero. And I've been trying to do so by automating a lot of the process, right? I think it's really important that I am not crucial for the community to work. Also, because of the lifestyle I want to live, I don't want to be 24-7 making sure that everyone is okay and so on. I want to create mechanisms and automations that 
basically keep the value of the community even though i'm not active and i want that all the members can contribute for the value of the community and then they can create their own projects and and ideas and they somehow become part of the whole process there are a couple of ideas that i i've been thinking about and again the great thing about the community is that I can just bounce these ideas with the current members and get great feedback. There's even a channel on Slack called Feedback. And uh, one of the ideas was a buddy system. Basically, members could sign up to be a buddy, which would basically mean that they would just join a buddy Slack channel, and then I would match them with the newbies, the newcomers. So that way, all the new members would have another member to ask questions and to help them with the integration. So this is, I think, uh, an interesting idea. I shared it with them. And the feedback that a lot of the members told me was that uh, it, it might be a bad match, right? So just because my idea was to match them randomly. So I would just, every time there would be a new member coming up, I would just go to the buddies Slack channel, pick one of the buddies and say, okay, this is now you're a newbie and please introduce yourself to them. They said that maybe it would make more sense if the buddy and the newcomer would have some um, similar interests. Either they are building a similar project or they have the same interests, hobbies, whatever. So another idea is that we just wait for the newcomer to introduce themselves because they normally always do this in the introduction channel and then one of the buddies could say i will be his or her's buddy but i don't know I'm, I'm still thinking if this is a good idea or not another option and i think this is probably what will really help the community scale is to create multiple somehow products or activities around it right so we just spoke about the wb labs right we are working now in the collab club so the wb labs this idea of people pitching a project and then working together in as a community this could be one of the projects and this could be happening in parallel with for instance the random coffees the random coffees are matches that happen every week and it matches two of the members together for a coffee Another idea is to have the accelerator that I spoke with you, I think, last episode. And this would run every month or every three months. People could just create a focus group and try to build their projects together. And then they will have a demo day. All of these processes need to be automated. Everything. How the process works. How, let's say, in the accelerator, how the groups are set up. Everything needs to be automated so that it doesn't need me. So that it basically works with with every time zone because that's also a big problem we have people from all over the world and it's really hard for instance to have one single meeting so we have these events every month but to get a time that works for everyone it's almost impossible it's really really hard so we need things to be independent we need things to be autonomous automatic we need bots also helping out with these processes and we really need to explain how each project works so that every newcomer understands how they should organize so that's kind of my idea i'm not sure if it will scale well or not but let's see of course then the other option as mark said in this episode is to increase the price that's something that for instance peter levels did when the community was growing too much and even got some spammers, it was just increasing the price of the nomad list community. That's something that I can also do, right? So I keep on increasing the price and then less people will obviously join, but I will uh, be paid the same, basically. 
the only problem here is that this is a community for bootstrappers. I want to help bootstrappers. And if I'm increasing the price, then a lot of bootstrappers won't be able to pay, which is really sad. So I really want to keep the community affordable for every bootstrapper because that's my passion. I want to help you bootstrappers to change the world with your ideas. And that's it for the WB space. Hey, Tiago, I have a new NFT idea. Dude, not now. I'm recording an episode. No, fuck it. We're going to be billionaires, dude. dude. Let's do it. As you can see from this super realistic uh, event that just happened for sure, Abby is here and he has been talking about NFTs nonstop. And I've heard, obviously, about NFTs because it's impossible not to if you're on Twitter. But I really never understood the potential of it and uh, yes been explaining some of the interesting things about it and uh, i mean there are some exciting opportunities so buy my end now i'm joking i just want to share with you a couple of things that i've learned so first of all what is an nft right so uh, nft is a blockchain based creation and uh, by the way, I, I'm really no expert, so I, I might say a lot of things wrong. But the, the idea is that you basically have a token, a unique token, that has the same properties as a crypto coin. You can just check who owned this token, and you, it needs to be accepted by a network and accepted by a bunch of computers every time you do a transaction. So it is basically decentralized, super secure, and to be an NFT... It's a token with an attribute. So basically you can connect to this token a digital image. And I think that's where all the hype around it is. It's kind of, it has the potential to allow digital artists to get paid, right? So let's say that you designed a beautiful uh, image. Nowadays, a lot of people are web designers or graphic or digital designers. They dig design images, gifts, everything online. But it's really hard to keep the ownership because I can just download it, copy paste it and sell it in other websites. The idea of NFTs is that you can now register, let's say, your image in a contract. I think it's called a contract, NFT contract. And this token becomes the unique token and you can sell it to someone else. So let's say... I think there's a, an, an image that is very famous with an ape or something. I, I don't know about it. But w w what Abby told me is that a designer or an artist designs this ape and designs multiple attributes for this ape. So sunglasses, uh, eyebrows, uh, different colors, whatever. And then there's an algorithm that generates, let's say, 10,000 NFTs. So 10,000 versions of that ape. But you can also use weights. So let's say that you say that the ape can only have sunglasses in five of the 10,000 images. So this means that this ape with the sunglasses becomes super rare and it's more expensive right so it, it's kind of pokemon cards you have the more rare cards and even if you sell pokemon cards or magic the gathering cards there are some that are more expensive than the others so this is kind of the same concept it, it's a way for the artist also to make money and i find interesting i find interesting the fact that somehow the artists can uh, keep track of their 
creations, they can get money. And what, one another thing that uh, Abby told me, which I find also really interesting, you can specify in the contract how much the artist makes for every sell, which is really nice. So let's say that the artist decides that he or she wants to make 5% of the price that the token is sold or the NFT is sold. So every time this NFT is sold to another person, automatically 5% of the transaction of the amount goes to the artist wallet. Automatically, no one has to control it. And then the artist knows that they will always get paid. So I don't know, this this is kind of interesting and Abby and uh, actually a lot, of, a lot of my friends are working together in a very interesting idea so they're trying to build an nft platform a web3 platform for artists so i i'll maybe give you more details depending on how it it goes but i had this idea of creating nfts for my episodes i, I don't know it, it seems interesting because one of the big big issues with my podcast is how to monetize it and i've been telling you since the beginning that i don't want to do any advertisement I, don't ask me why. I just I don't like it. I why would I have to to do this? I I'm basically wasting your time with things that you might not want to hear, and uh, I don't know. I, I I don't want to do it. But what else can I do? So at the moment, this podcast is a marketing channel. It's a marketing channel for my community or for any project that I might do in the future, which is great. It's a great way to monetize a podcast by basically having another product and using this as a way to bring users to, to my products. But I'm also putting a lot of effort in this, right? How can I monetize it? So I was thinking, can, can we actually use NFTs for that? One option was to use NFTs as somehow... Um, trading stocks you know so when a company goes public normally for a company to go public they need to have an absurd amount of revenue and then they go public this means that they split the company into multiple shares and then people can buy it and they own a portion of the company and of course if the company values in money these shares will value in money because more people will want to buy it now, with NFTs, there's the possibility for actually anyone to quote-unquote go public. So you can generate 10,000 NFTs of, let's say, Arvid Call, and uh, you can buy a stock, which is not really a stock, let me just say, because you don't own Arvid Call, right? You cannot decide what Arvid Call will do, whereas when you own part of the company, if you have enough shares, you can actually decide. But in this case, it's kind of... Tokens, because you believe that uh, Arvid Call's audience will grow and he will be making more money in the future. So you can own a portion of that and then it's kind of another way of investment and you are also helping the creator. So this could be a way of making money for creators, I don't know. And now for the podcast, another thing that I could do, obviously I could also create shares for the WB's entrepreneur and then people that believe that this could grow then they would just buy a portion of it. Or I could sell each episode as an NFT token, right? So I could sell, for instance, the interview with Peter Levels as an episode, and then you would be the one owning it. One also thing that is really important is actually you only own the NFT. You would not own the content. The content is still mine. I can use it. You cannot just produce it and share it as it's yours. So this is something that also it's a little bit weird. You just basically own the NFT. So I don't know 
if this is some concept that or that if society will go in that direction it, it could somehow work because that way every new episode i release depending also how good it is how people like it or not i could be making money and it's it's a different way to make money in the internet there's not a lot of options that are not ad based so i don't know this could be an option but then I also realized that uh, NFTs, and e for every transaction, it requires a, a lot of power, a lot of computing power. And of course, that this damaged the environment because you need to power the computers with electricity. And if the electricity mixed is not uh, renewable based, then you're just contributing even more for climate change. And that's something that I don't want to do. So... The idea will be in the back burner at the moment until until I find maybe another possibility. But let's say that it's green energy. Let's say that everything is sustainable. Let me know if you would like to buy an NFT of an episode of The Wannabe Entrepreneur as a way not only to help me, but also as an investment for you. Would this make sense? Not? Uh, I don't know. Let me know on Twitter. Also, that I, something that just came to my mind, and uh, if you listen to Arvid Skoll podcast, because he tried to do NFT and, and he mentioned this, the network fees are really, really expensive. So just for you to mint, which is basically to acquire my NFT, you would have to pay the network fees that could be 50 or 100 euros. It's, it's really an absurd amount. So imagine I'm selling this for 20 bucks, but then you would have to pay 70 bucks extra just for fees. So this is, I think, still... Uh, in development, I don't think I can use it right now. The, the, the network fees are too high. The, it's not sustainable, but maybe in the future. So again, if you would like to buy it somehow, hypothetically, obviously, let me know on, on Twitter. I'll just be interested in, uh, in knowing your opinion on that. And that's it. That's everything I want to tell you about NFTs. I, I'm really sorry if I screw up all the technical part because I, I'm just not too much into, into that. But uh, that's kind of what I've understood. That's it for project updates. Now let's reach to the last topic in today's episode, the tips and tricks for uh, bootstrappers and entrepreneurs. And today I bring you a very interesting discussion that I had with Arvid Cole and uh, Peter Levels on Twitter. And I, I want to share with you what happened and what I have learned. First of all, the discussion started with a question. And uh, the question was if I should try to pitch myself to other podcasts as a way of uh, marketing. And a lot of people have been telling me that I should do this. And there are a lot of podcasts out there that I might be able to to get in. Of course, maybe not with a huge audience, but still, it's, it's great for SEO. It's great to, to reach to, to new listeners. And I, I thought about the example of Arvid. And I've been mentioning Arvid a lot in this episode, so I really hope that you that you know him. If you don't, I've done an interview with him, so you can just go and listen. He's, he's basically an entrepreneur. He, he was able to sell his first company for a really nice amount, and he has been selling info products since then. And so he sells books about entrepreneurship. He sells courses, like he just released a Twitter course. And uh, he goes a lot on podcasts it it was um if you search for arvid call interview or arvid call podcast you'll see that he goes to all kinds of podcasts podcasts with a huge audience podcasts like mine that doesn't have a big audience so 
it's definitely one of his strategies or, or of his marketing and branding strategies to participate in multiple podcasts. Peter Levels, it's the complete opposite. Peter Levels, I think you know him as well. I also interviewed him and uh, he's kind of the main boot. He's again, maybe the Elon Musk of bootstrapping or something like that. And he has the exact opposite approach. Even if you go to his personal website, he mentions that he doesn't want to appear on podcasts or YouTube videos. He just wants to focus on building his products. So that's basically what I asked. I asked, what approach should I take? Should I take Arvid Call's approach or Peter Levels' approach? And Peter Levels is very active on Twitter and he said that it really depends on what you're building. So he said that if you are, like Arvid, selling info products, right? So books or uh, Twitter courses or podcasts, something that will teach others to make money, teach others to be entrepreneurs, teach others something, then it's good to work on your branding and it's good to just show up in every podcast you can. Because, and uh, what Peter said, he also sold a book, right? So he sold one info product. He, he noticed that uh, he sold a lot of copies of his book in the beginning, in the pre-orders. He did a lot of pre-orders. And then after the launch, he sold a lot, but then he could see that the number of sales and clients was slowly decreasing. The reason, he says, is that uh, such a product, such an infra product, something that does not get more value as it grows. It, it's the same. It's done. It's fixed. It's a book. Whereas Peter, in Peter's case, he, he built a community. He built a product, Nomadlist. And uh, the more information he has, the more people use Nomadlist, the more rich Nomadlist becomes. The, the, he calls it the network effect. He says that there are apps that uh, just by building, just by working on it with new features, new ideas, new users, the network effect will take place and the value of the product will just increase. And that's why he mentioned that he does not like to go in podcasts because he just wants to focus all of his time in building this network effect. Very, very interesting. One question that now might be popping up in your mind and I think it, it did on mine and in a, uh, someone else asked so John Paul asked him how do you pass the flywheel problem I, I didn't know what this flywheel was but uh, I think it, it is basically how do you get your first users right because it's true that let's say you have an app like nomad list and the more users you have the more value it produces and, and by the way it's the same with the WB space so I, I don't even know if the W space is an info product or, or an app, but how do you get the first users? Can we go to podcasts then just to get the first users? And what Peter said is that if you are solving a real problem and there's demand for it, the users will come. You don't have to do a lot of marketing. This is a very interesting approach. And uh, I think I mentioned before about there's so many ways to build a product and one way is the 12 on 12, right? The 12 months, 12 startups. It's actually what, uh, how Peter Level started and Xavier, when I interviewed him, he, he did the same. And these approaches try to build a lot of products until you find or until you solve a problem that has a huge demand and not enough solutions. And of course, if there are a lot of people searching for a solution and there's only your solution out there, you will immediately have a lot of uh, users. You don't need a lot of marketing. 
I, I do think that it's possible to create other products that don't have that have maybe other solutions, but it just takes more time. Maybe it takes more marketing to to do so. But yeah, that's the approach of Peter Levels. He thinks that you should just do a lot of products and even mentions that you can have to do maybe 50, 70 products before hitting the nail on the right one. You just, you just need to wrap your head around that mindset of creating, destroying, creating, destroying. And that's his approach. And even if you read your, his book, that's what he also mentions. One question that also, one question that still remains in my mind is, okay, but there are products that are not info products, but there are they also don't have the network effect, right? You have SaaS products, uh, for instance, let, let's say Power Importer from Judo Hacker, uh, Mark, the, the one that uh, I, I showed in, in, in the podcast. He created an importer for a no-code tool. I mean, this only helps one user at a time. It, it doesn't matter if there's a thousand users, the value will not increase. So in that sense... I mean, can you, is going to podcasts good? Is going to forums and speak about Power Importer good? I think it is. So to be honest, I I'm still I think it's very interesting what I've learned here, but I'm still not sure. I'm more inclined to, to go to podcasts, but I don't know, I feel weird and be asking to be in this podcast and these episodes because as a host myself, I also don't like when people just come to my podcast to, to do marketing. I want to do great content and if i'm just making a platform for others to come and advertise their products i don't know i I don't i don't believe that the content will be as good i like to really interview people that are interested in sharing about their journey and they don't care too much uh, about marketing so i I might still try to go to some podcasts and uh, try to speak about my journey try to be genuine but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm still left to, to make up my mind and, and decide. And that's it. Those are the tips and tricks for today's episode. And that also concludes today's wannabe entrepreneur. And now I just want to give you the closing remarks. If you like this episode and if you want it to continue, there's many things you can do. You can give me good reviews on uh, Apple, on Spotify, whatever platform you're listening to this podcast, if it has the possibility of writing a review, that would be amazing. Of course, you can uh, buy me a coffee, a one-time coffee that gives me an extra boost and helps pay the bills. Or you can also join the WB space, which you'll join this amazing community of entrepreneurs. And as a plus side, you'll also help me supporting this podcast and the community and everything. And last but not least, obviously sharing this around. Create tweets about your favorite part. If you learn something, share it with your friends. And uh, yeah, that's that's basically it. I, I hope you have a great week. This Thursday, there's another interview coming. This was another Wannabe Entrepreneur. See you next time. How cool is this soundtrack?